surfing is so diverse and there's always a challenge. I've been pretty good at the sport ever since I was a kid, but I was always like the second, third or fourth place guy. There's always something that you can work on that you personally want to do better. Hello and welcome to Wilding 50. I am your host, Christine Forrester. In this podcast, I will be interviewing surfers for my local breaks and beyond following a surf session. Whether you are learning to surf like me, keen on new adventures, or in the mood for a good conversation, I hope you will find some inspiration with these surf tales. In this episode with Jameson, otherwise known as Ratty, we discuss how living in a van has allowed him to simplify his life so that he can focus on his passions, surfing, travel, and yoga. He shares some helpful tips for beginners, and he reminds us why we are all here. It's the Stoke. Good morning, Ratty. Good morning, Christine. <laughs> so your van is the real deal. I see three surfboards that were strapped to the ceiling. Um, they look like mini or like larger skateboards to me because they're <laughs> so small. You have a, a solar panel that powers your fridge, a deck on top, and generally a really cozy aesthetic, especially now that I'm sitting inside. Can you give us a little tour here of what's of what's going on? Well, I just bought the van. It was a cargo van and just decided to put, you know, put the bed in it and uh, some foam and see how many surfboards I could fit in it basically and just make it home, you know, and slowly but surely it just came together with the, with the cook stove and the, being able to fit my electric bike in the back and the surfboards that I need generally on a daily basis. And, uh, and then the fridge came later after spending too much money on ice, <laughs> always needing ice, <laughs> just put the pieces together. Always have surf trips in mind with the van. Baja was definitely a big one because it sets pretty good. It sets high, you know what I mean? It's a cargo van. It's not a stand-up, standing headroom style. But, you know, I always had the, the Baja kind of in mind too. So, And I did take it down there. We could talk about that later. But I took it down there last winter and spent two months in it. And it was perfectly comfortable. Yeah, incredible. So it strikes me that you have pared down your life to the things that are of real meaning to you. So you can surf a few times a day. You can pick up and go to Baja for two months. You sometimes go to yoga at noon. Am I missing something? No, no, that's pretty much it. You know, I, I have my life set up right now. I've made some good investments when I was a little bit younger, and I just have a little bit of money coming in being semi-retired, and I'm able to just kind of do what I want, and I live a really simple life with the small amount of money that I have. So it's worked out, you know, the van life thing. You know, it's, I'm really comfortable. I'm not... I don't feel like I'm lacking anything, to be honest with you. Yeah, so it's kind of, it's working out. So what does the day-to-day look like then? Day-to-day is like, you know, I, I park. I have parking spots around the harbor and in Carlsbad near the beach, you know. So I basically wake up. I look at the surf report, <laughs> figure out where I'm going. You know, usually I'm here at the harbor. It's kind of like my spot where all my peers are. Usually, you know, come down and park in the morning and go surf and yeah, and then go to yoga and come back and go surf and <laughs> do other things. You know, I, I do other small things. I go over to my buddy's uh, palm farm and uh, I go there and hang out a little bit and, you know, help him if he needs it. But usually it's just kind of hanging out. I was thinking about this, that you may be one of the most evolved human beings in this way because you really, <laughs> we I think a lot of us get caught up in things that actually don't matter all that much, right? There's that strive to buy things, I don't know, have a bigger place to live, all of this nonsense. Sometimes, right? I mean, for some people, maybe it makes a lot of sense. But if you really were to be honest with yourself and say, what really matters to me, and you could be 
that take that kind of honesty and then redesign your life to it. I think a lot of us could be a lot happier. Yeah, health it's, and surf are the big things for me. You know, try to stay healthy, eat right. You know what I mean? I have my own little flaws too. You know, but. I, for the most part, try to eat and do the right things and then, you know, so I can stay in the water, basically. Yeah, it's all you about know. keeping the surf going. So what, what does that look like, if you don't mind going into it a little bit, your health regimen? Uh, I, I, I did intermittent fasting for pretty solid for, I used to be overweight a bit and not in the best shape. I intermittent fasted a solid three years, but really intensely for two years. And then now that I don't really, sometimes I eat during the day and I just, I don't, I'm not as strict on it as I was, um, and I sometimes I'll eat before my body goes into ketosis and all that stuff, you know, you know, and all the health stuff. But generally, I just do it normally anyways. Now I don't eat in the morning. I don't. I have a low sugar intake, and then in around two or three, I'll I'll probably start eating something. You know, I'll have some quesadillas or you know something kind of really lighter, maybe some some vegetables or like a little veggie taco or something like that, and then. My main course is usually, a lot of the times, it's uh, rice, sardines, and vegetables. <laughs> yeah, I've been experimenting with, with all of that, with fasting, yeah. and, and it's definitely the intermittent fasting. And it is really something, because I, I remember being so excited for my bowl of cereal in the morning, and then at a certain point, I thought, well, you know, cereal kind of turns quickly to sugar in your body, so yeah. get rid of that. And I also, I was such a sugarholic, and I took the sugar away, and you feel better, you feel clear, you feel... Right, your body feels yeah. better, and then you um, you can get. When I eat, I eat well, obviously. Like yeah. I'm really into like a lot of protein and vegetables and stuff. But your body kind of learns what you what you give it. Yeah. Plus, you know, surfing, especially if you're going to surf a couple times throughout the day, you want to stay light. You know, you don't want to be bloated out there by any means, and you want to try to stay light. Yeah. Sounds, makes sense. So I wanted to ask you about your logo because you have all of your boards say Ratty and so when it, Ratty Six. Okay, so when did you design this logo? And just tell me the story also about this name. Uh, well, the Ratty thing came along when I was because I started surfing when I was like you know ten years old, younger even really bodyboarding, but you know actually surfing up to hardboard uh, around ten or eleven. So when I was really small, I have a really small stature kind of had buck teeth back then too so it's like the ratty thing you know it was like surf rat you know and then it was like ratty and it just it stuck <laughs> and now you've embraced it now i've embraced it <laughs> have to and the logo the logo you know it was just i make these boards myself i do everything basically i like well, i get them uh the blank and then i uh get them cut through on a computer uh cnc machine and then i fine shape them and then and put the fins in them and paint them and glass them. Oh, and my, my logo is just, I have an artist friend that just, I just said, you know, just do something really simple and that was that. <laughs> so what's the difference between the three that you have here in your van? Um, this is a twin fin, 5.6. That's a 5.11 quad. That's another 5.6 twin fin. I had the other blue one, uh, had, I broke the fin on that the other day. Broke the fin out of that. But generally, I like try to keep at least uh, two of what I call my daily riders, which are like five, six twin fins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just in case I break a fin out, right? <laughs> You've got to have your spare ready or to go. Or for a surf trip, you know what I mean? If you're going somewhere, you want to have a, a, an extra board, you know? So I appreciated the other day when we set up our surf session because you got right down to business. You said, right. okay, we're going to start on the sand. <laughs> we're going to work on your pop-up and then we'll get some paddling technique in. 
right? Bring both of your boards just in case. Yeah. We're going to have some fun. So it sounds like you've done this before. Yeah, you know, my buddy had a uh, surf school named Safari Surf School, and actually he left me a note one day on my when I was traveling on my at my little place at, at the time, and because uh, I used to have a little surf shop, it was called the Board Exchange. It was a um, used surfboard shop that was way ahead of its time. Now they're really popular, and just the like the surf collective. The, there's a couple others that are local in town. It's a popular thing now. And but he started his surf school, and he was one of the first surf schools in San Diego. Safari Surf School once again, and uh, they're still down there in Mission Beach. And he's a lifeguard. And he had a really good curriculum for teaching people how to surf. And I was a commercial fisherman at the time, and I'd come home from fishing, and I'd start getting into trouble. <laughs> On my days off, you know, I'd be out at sea for four days. I'd come in for three days, and I decided to go down there and help him, you know, do some surf lessons to try to stay out of trouble. <laughs> so, yeah, I learned his curriculum and how he does it. And basically, most of all the other surf schools do the same thing. But it was funny how he has, he was the first one in San Diego, and, yeah, it was really cool. So I learned a little bit about that there. So we started our session on the sand and working on my pop-up, and you mentioned that a lot of beginners start with too narrow of a stance. So can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, you know, people want to, they see surfers get up on waves and, and, and doing their pop-ups, and of course, timing is a, of the essence, you know, usually the wave's breaking really quick, and you have to get up, you know, and start rocking down the wave. People get in too much of a hurry to try to get up and their feet are in the wrong place and then they fall off, they're out of balance and then they fall off. So it's generally easier to get started with a little bit slower pop-up, which I showed you the technique that I showed you. We actually call that the chicken. I don't know why, but it's usually just getting your front foot under your chest in between your hands and slowly get up and rotate your back foot instead of just popping up and your feet are in the wrong space. And generally, if you could start get doing that and getting used to having your feet in the right space with the chicken pop, and then you develop getting up quicker and pretty much. And you did, you did a good job by doing that. It seemed like you got up pretty good. Oh, thanks. I, I think that once you're out, when the when you're actually trying to catch a wave, it all happens so quickly. It does. That it, you do probably need to practice a lot on the sand or yeah. at home or something just to make sure that that feels really automatic. And plus being on the sand on the board, you know, and having somebody there to say you're a little bit far back on the board, you're a little bit far forward on the board. Generally, you want to have your toes kind of just right on the tail of the surfboard. If it's a really long surfboard, then maybe just a couple inches, you know, north of the tail. But, you you know, you don't want to be too far back. You don't want to be too far forward on the board, depending on what the length of the board is, like I said. So you want to be in the right spot. So when you do get up, you're, you're in the right spot on the board, too. And that, that's also with the paddling. You want to be evenly balanced with the board. You don't want the nose of the board proning into the water, you know, while you're trying to paddle or you don't want it going up in the air either. Paddling is like one of the biggest things in surfing. To have a strong paddle is like the main thing almost. And the RJ together, I still like the majority of what I did was paddle, right? That's what you do, yeah. but it was all I could do just to keep up with you. Yeah. And you're riding this really t tiny board again <laughs> from my perspective, and you were just charging out there. And I was just like, you know, the, the rabbit following the carrot. It's like, keep up with Ratty, whatever you can do. So what is your technique when you're paddling on such a small board? Um, I mean, strength. Yeah, be a strong paddler. So if you were on a larger board, would you be able to go even faster? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So even that, you're just charging out there. <laughs> I'm known as a really strong paddler. Like even, you know, and, and uh, in my peer group, everybody's like, they know that I paddle strong. I get a lot of waves because of it. 
great. I don't feel quite as bad then. <laughs> I got all this prep to learn to get stronger out there and I can barely, barely keep up. And I'm sure you were going super slow. <laughs> I have a question though about confronting fear because um, about 20 years ago, I had a really bad body surfing accident where I, uh. I went out with some friends at night. So stupid. It was a you know, hurricane season and I really, I didn't see how the waves were slamming so close to the shore and I took one in and I just did a really bad place plan. I'm lucky I'm not yeah. paralyzed now, but um, it really rocked me. Like my neck has never quite been the same. And I think that's so now I'm, I can fairly well catch them right when they break, but it's when I try to go for the open face, I'm still, when I feel the wave lift me up, I think I just replay that incident over and over again. So yeah. do you have any strategies for overcoming that fear? What to do? Well, you just, you have a, you want to have the end goal in mind. Most people want to go out there and catch waves. They want maybe a bigger wave. They want to go to a more advanced surf spot, maybe, so to speak, advanced wave. You know, so it's like you have that in mind and, and you just have to, in the back of your mind, it's just like, I'm going to have to take some wipeouts to be able to, to be able to learn and to be able to get over the fear. You know what I mean? And generally, most of the time, if you really think about it, and this is even like on bigger surf and like on what we call hold downs, you know, when you take a wipeout, and you and you have a hold down. Generally, it's only four or five seconds. If it can feel like an eternity, <laughs> right? But it's... it can feel like an eternity. Plus, your body. You know, you you just got done paddling out. Then you paddle for the wave, and then you stand up on the wave, and whatever you did on the wave. So you're exerting energy and breath, and all this other stuff. And then if you take a good wipeout, sure, you're kind of like at the end of your line. You know what I mean? So four or five seconds can seem like a lot, but the the relaxing part and. Uh, you know, when you take a wipeout and just remember to relax, the, the fear thing is you just got to overcome it. You just have to have the end goal in mind. Like if you want it, that's, that's where the stoke comes in, you know, the word stoke can be used for a lot of things, you know, but it's like, you have to have that stoke is like, once you have a good wipeout and you overcome those fears, you're like, wow, I did it. I, that wasn't that bad. You know, the post-traumatic stress disorder part of it, it's unfortunate, but we all have that, you know, I've, I've had probably more near-death instances, you know, than you can count on your fingers and toes, you know what I mean, to where it's like, I thought that that was it, you know, and, and big surf, you know, and surf of consequence, which could easily happen, and it does happen to people, but, you know, you realize it's like, hey, I overcame it, and it's like, and it keeps you going. Do you have one moment in particular you could go into? I mean, I have a bunch of them, but, you know, I've, I've had a couple moments, and I can remember one in particular, when Ocean Beach, San Francisco was really big. I was going upside down inside the tube on the wave, and I just thought that that, that was it, you know, and I, I was done with. And it was easily 20 feet out there, and I was just thought that it was it. You know, I popped up, and I paddled back out, and I remember that session. I paddled right back out, and I got even a better wave, you know, right right after that. So I just and I just concentrated, too. I knew to stay more at the bottom of the wave, you know what I mean, And because and, it was tubing out pretty good, and I just... The first wave I got too high in the barrel, and, and the, the second wave I do just to press down and, and and you know stay down. It's a lot of really intense focus, isn't it? I, I mean, when I walk out there, I tell myself, "Okay, Christine, focus, be calm, breathe," because and obviously what I'm doing is so simple, right? But yeah. but it is that because yeah. I think when you let your focus go, that's when you can even just in the shallow water, the board can come back and hit you, or there's all kinds of things if you're not really. There's a in lot. The present there's moment. a lot going on in surfing more than people think. When just by watching it, or you know, there's there's a lot going on with how you think. You have to think really quick. 
I remember reading a book in the library when I was really young and when I was starting to surf and it was just like to have quick reactions is to be able to think quick, have quick reaction is like a huge, is a huge thing for, I mean, for wipeouts, for catching the wave, for pretty much everything. Think quick and act quick. Especially when you, when you do wipe out, you got to cover your head, right? That's one thing. That yeah. I... You know, you try to ball up a little bit or you try to, you want to make sure that, you know, yeah, you want to try to maybe try to cover your head a little bit. <laughs> I have a lot of face, facial guy hit in the face with the board a lot. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Part from Most the of the time, yeah, you want to cover up. <laughs> <laughs> try to. So you are a really good surfer. I've seen you, and every time your name comes up, people say that about yeah, you. So yeah. could you just um, talk a little bit about when you began to surf and how you became so good? Well, my dad moved. My parents got divorced when I was really young, about seven, and my dad moved to Southern California. And uh, when I went to Huntington Beach and I seen the surfers back in the 70s, you know, I was just like, I was enamored. You know, I wanted to get out there and just... So I just had the stoke right from day one, you know what I mean? I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. It just went from there, basically, you know, I just haven't looked back really. You know, I've had some moments in my life where I didn't surf a lot because of work. I was a commercial fisherman once again and out at sea and stuff like that. And so it cuts the surf time down. And then when you get in from, you know, fishing, you're tired and you want to take a couple of days off and you don't want to just go paddle right back out in the ocean. You know, I didn't at the time, but... But the Stokes always been there, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, it's I just, just wanted... enthusiasm and, and putting the time in. Yeah, putting the time in. And it's just, it's, and then it becomes second nature. Did you have any specific challenges, if it was technical, personal, situational, anything at all? Or do you even feel that there were challenges? Yeah, I mean, there's challenges as far as style and what you do on the way. I've been pretty good at the sport ever since I was a kid, but I was always like the second, third, or fourth place guy. That, that's the thing about surfing. You could always, there's always something that you can work on that you personally want to do better. Maybe you want to go somewhere and ride tube, you know, ride somewhere that barrels out and tubes out and you want to be a good tube rider or you just want to go be a better longboarder where it's just small and mushy and you want to learn how to ride the nose, you know, be a nose rider. So it depends on what your personal challenge is, you know what I mean? Everybody will, and surfing will have them. Surfing is so diverse and there's always a challenge you can harbor personally, you know. It seems, though, what you're saying is really interesting to me because I think some people feel that a challenge comes and it's almost imposed on them. But what you're saying, actually, is that you're almost seeking out the challenge because you're, you're saying, well, where, where do I want to go with and this? That's, what, that's surfing. what can keep allowing me to evolve? That's surfing. I don't see it just getting stagnant with anybody. Once again, the listeners were in the van right now, but come my buddy Casey, he got her snowboarding and he's in a wheelchair, but him and his wife, they still got out there and and he does the paraplegic contest and yeah so it's like i mean there's a challenge for everybody yeah, out there there absolutely is hey casey <laughs> thank you for taking me out the other day i You're i welcome. think i caught the longest wave so far so i really thank you for that it You're was welcome. really fun so it's pretty you had some progress we, definitely we made progress Abs every day is progress that's no matter good, what happens <laughs> see there you go that's what i was talking about the challenge of surfing you know it's like everybody Everybody has them and you can overcome them. You know what I mean? Everybody has something they want to do better. Good. Thank you for taking the time. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing. And if you feel inclined to leave a kind review, I would greatly appreciate it. I hope you'll stay tuned for the next Surf Tale on the Wilding 50 podcast.